Well, when God begins to bless you with new opportunities of ministry, you're going to start living large for Him. And I don't know what that ministry is. It could be anything. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, the prayer of Jabez. There was a man named Jabez. Remember, his name meant pain or misery or miserable. Who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted his request. So we're commanded to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Never. Prayer is the lifeblood of Christianity. Not only did Jabez ask for him to be blessed, but now he calls on God to enlarge his territory. And, and that means, that means, some of your Bibles may say borders. You know, expand my borders. And, and Jabez was asking to increase his influence for the glory of God. That's what he was wanting. He wasn't wanting money. He wasn't wanting position. He wasn't wanting power. He was wanting to be able to have influence, not to just influence people, but to have influence in kingdom building for the glory of God. And that's a significant statement because, you know, his name does mean Mr. Miserable. And and so he was praying exactly what Jesus commanded in Matthew 5.16. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Prayer shapes positive people. Negative people don't pray. Now, let me, let me rephrase that. Negative people will pray when they're in a pinch. You know, you get in a bind, oh Lord, get me out of this and I'll contribute, I'll contribute uh, thousands of dollars to the poor starving pygmies wherever pygmies live. You know, oh Lord, do this and I'll never miss church again. You know, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, I'll do this, I'll do this. And, and uh, negative people pray that way, but positive people have spent time alone with God. They're always praying. They're praying without ceasing. Their life becomes a matter of prayer. In this part of the prayer, Jabez speaks of influence, influencing people. He wants to, as as way of application, we are to influence our family and our friends and our future positively for Jesus. And and all we all are influencing someone, and it's either positive or negative. And our character determines what kind of influencer we're going to be. And the Bible gives us a bunch of examples. And I wanted to uh, have Matt uh, play this, but I just came up with the idea. And I don't know that you can pull it off. Just off the, You know, uh, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad and 2 were good. 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad. 2 were good. You know that? Do you know it? Get up here. Get up. Come on. Get up here. That's all we're going to do. Does anybody... Sarita, you know this. 
kids, do you, know, do you really want me to sing this? Okay. What do you think they saw in Canaan? Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw giants, big and strong. Some saw grapes in clusters, fall. No, fall. That's what it said on long. Okay. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad, bad. two were good. No, no, two were good. Anyway, the whole point of this is influence. Oh, Matt, or Ben, stop laughing. It wasn't... You could do it in, in Philippines. I'd get Joy up here to do it. Yeah. These ten guys said no to the plan of God, and it influenced the entire nation to make a bad decision. They were influencers, but they were bad influencers. And I believe many of the heartaches the Jewish nation had experienced in the last 2,000 years was the result of the influence of ungodly men upon the nation. And we've all had areas of influence, and in these areas, God expects that we are going to influence the world for Him through that. In, in 2 Corinthians 10, 13 through 15, Paul says, I, I love this verse, we will not boast about things done outside our area of authority, you know, where we are able to, to uh, control, and, and that's control in a, good, in a good word. We will boast only about what's happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. So this, this is my boundaries, and, and this is your boundaries, and your, your boundaries also can affect a lot of other things. We're not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we have never visited you, for we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that these boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Our boundaries will be extended. Our influence is going to be extended. So today, if you've confessed your sin and are willing to serve, serve Jesus, why not pray that God will use you to the fullest? Why not ask God to be used for His glory? And, and I want to examine three areas of influence today. The first is influencing your family, influencing your friends, and the third is influencing your future. So we talk about, about family and parents and husbands and wives and wives-to-be and mothers-to-be, mothers, new mothers. Maybe, maybe you're not going to be married. Maybe you aren't a mother, but maybe you have an influence with Awana kids. Grandmother, grandfathers. Your home is the single most powerful arena on earth to change a life for God in your home. A mom has an enormous impact on the family. It's huge. Read Proverbs 31. It speaks of the virtuous wife who submits to her husband and takes care of the needs of her family and is able to influence them. Moms don't ever, ever Stop and let Satan slip you a lie that says you don't make a difference. You know, what do you do? Oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. 
Uh, you don't want to say that to me because I'll whack you. <laughs> what, a, what a tremendous opportunity to be an influencer. You know, Thomas Edison said, I did, not have my, I did not have my mother long, but she cast over me an influence which has lasted all my life. My mother was the making of me. Now, my mother-in-law was the making of me. And I had a mom that became a mom that's the making of me. I had a lot of women in my life that had influence on my life to help me be where I am. I had good men, too, don't get me wrong, strong men. But you ladies are huge influencers in your home, whether you want to believe it or not, whether the kids respond to you or not, whether you feel, because remember, feelings are liars. You are an influencer. Well, my kids are grown and gone. Good. Maybe you'll get lucky and have grandbabies, and then you're going to be a double influencer. But you have a significant influence. Well, let's talk about dads. Fathers, the Bible clearly teaches the responsibility that we as dads have to influence our children for Him. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4 says, And you fathers... Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. See, this is a command, not a suggestion. And the word wrath or, or uh, uh, it, is, it really, really means um, to uh, exasperate or anger. And if we're doing this, it means unreasonable in our demands. This is the way it's going to be and there is no way that you're going to get away from it, this is how it is. And it may not make any sense. And it may not be understandable to you, the child. But you're the dad, and you've said it, and you're right. And so, that's the way it's going to be, and you've just exasperated your child. Outrageous in our, in our punishment. You know, does the punishment fit the crime? kid borrows his sister's uh, charger for his telephone and the sister throws a fit and the kid is grounded for a week. Exasperated. Or we're inconsistent in our example or our rules. The rules change from day to day. The rules, the rules change upon a whim, how we feel. You, 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 you have your, your, your children uh, come to you and say, well, Dad, why didn't you raise us like this? And you can say, well, my grandkids taught me more than you did. <laughs> In his book, uh, Between Parent and Child, Haim Gano writes, a child learns what he lives. If he lives with criticism, he does not learn responsibility. He learns to condemn himself and to find fault in others. He learns to doubt his own judgment, to disparage his own ability, and to distrust others. So, let me ask, do you really, friends, do you really, really, truly want to influence your children, your grandchildren, the kids for which you're responsible in Awana? Do you want to be an influencer of them? Say, yeah, John, you bet. I'm going to give you four tips. I mean, you didn't even have to pay for this one. This, this, this is good stuff. The first thing is, children have potential. 
every child that has been born on the face of the earth has potential of some kind. And it might be in an area where we don't have, so we need to help these kids, our kids, the kids that we influence, develop this potential. The second thing, children have a purpose. These aren't throwaways. That's, that's, that's what's so tragic today in, in the, our society, that, that our, our foster care, the, the, these, these kids without, without the love of a mom and a dad, the love of a family, are just thrown, being thrown away. They have purpose. And I praise God for the men and women who rise up and take these kids in and show them what their purpose is, show them that they have value. And give suggestions based on their little personalities. They have purpose. Help them develop that. The third thing, children need patience. Boy, I I struggle with patience. Anybody, show hands, come on, honest. Anybody in here have struggled with patience? You know, I'm that vulture on the limb that says, patience my eye, I want to kill something. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, I had that in my, in my office, and I think Sarita took it down and threw it away. But uh, uh, we all kind of are that way, aren't we? But you bring a grandkid into the picture, and we've got the patience of Job. Well, for about two hours, or until they start getting wet and cranky. Patience. We've got to be patient with these kids. They aren't perfect. These kids, because they want to be loved and they want assurance from you, are going to find your buttons. Yeah. And sometimes you people have a sign underneath your button that says, press here. When in doubt, press the one behind it. You know, you're telling these kids to press your buttons. And they're going to do, oh, they're masters at button pushing. They're not perfect. But we need to be patient with them. And the last thing, children need a plan. And to get that plan from the Word of God. Guidance to find God's purpose for their life is what our job is. And we can do that with our own families. Or those those precious little ones that, that God sends every week to our church where we influence their lives say, well, you know, all I'm doing is keeping them from setting the trash on fire. Maybe. All I'm doing is potty patrol. Maybe. You know, all I'm doing is just keeping the peace. Maybe. But in that, you're able to show them what God's plan for their life could be. You, my friends, are influencers, whether you believe it or not. The second thing is uh, influencing your friends. So we influence the family. Now I want to talk about influencing your friends. Everyone needs to belong. Every one of us needs to feel connected. People choose friends who accept and like them and find common interests within them. But you and I are to influence our friends for God. And listen to the command of Je- in Jeremiah. Jeremiah writes, This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. 
If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Young people, young people, pay attention here. All young people. in. I want to see a show of hands who the young people are. They're still awake. Get your hand up. <laughs> okay, did you put your hand up? Young in heart doesn't count. You are influencers. Every single one of you, you're influencers. Oh, get out of the way there, chair. My foot's working now. And my question is, do you influence your friends? Are they influencing you? Supermodel Kim Alexis said, I made the decision as a teenager to be abstinent. She... She made a, she was a Christian lady, girl, young woman, beautiful model, and she says, I am not going to have sex outside of marriage. I wanted to take control of my future. It wasn't a popular decision then, just like it can be an unpopular decision now. It doesn't always make me more friends, but the friends I have are true friends. True to themselves and true to me. We know each other's goals and dreams and we encourage each other to achieve them. That's a friend. That's an influencer. I've been blessed to have friends that have greatly influenced me in my walk with Christ. I've talked to you a lot about my spiritual father, Bobby Barnes, who's with the Lord today. Tremendous influencer in my life. And remember what Scripture says in Proverbs 18:24: "There are friends who destroy." Friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother or a sister. A real friend is closer than a brother or a sister. I have, a, I have uh, some of you on Facebook, you've seen my mysterious sister, Sandy. Anybody see that picture, Sandy? Yeah, she, you, you may think I was just making her up. She's real, and that's a lover of Jesus if you ever want to meet one. I, I got to get her out here, but she doesn't want to leave home. She's a great-grandma now and kind of a pain in the neck about it. <laughs> Don't you laugh. <laughs> See, our ultimate friend is the Lord Jesus Christ, but if we're going to have friends, we need to be friendly. You know, new people come to church. Be friendly. So, well, I don't know them. I don't care. I don't know them either. Be friendly. Dale Carnegie wrote, you can, be, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years trying to have others be interested in you. How are you in the friend department? Are they influencing you? Sometimes that's positive. More often than not, my friends were negative influencers when I was a kid. Are you influencing them? Well, the third thing is influencing the, the future. You know, we get all kinds of opportunities to share and show Jesus. And to lost family, to friends, to co-workers, and even to other believers when they choose to act ungodly. But you and I are to be ready for those opportunities, especially to share Christ with the lost around us. So we're impacting the future. We're influencing the future. The Bible says in Colossians 4, 5, live wisely among those who are not believers. Make, every, make the most of every 
opportunity. You get up in the morning and say, Lord, give me an opportunity to share my faith. Give me an opportunity to share Jesus. And if you believe it, and you really pray it, He's going to do it. So we get to have many opportunities to live a life of influence, and our legacy is being written every day of our lives, whether it's in school, with our brothers and sisters in the family, with friends, as parents or with co-workers. Our legacy is carved in granite with our character. Now, is your character a monument that's going to, an Ebenezer, (laughs) that will stand the test of time? It's not going to get worn away. It is that that rock-hard, solid granite representative of your character. We influence the people we encounter. Every single person that you come in contact with. Everybody. Every single person that you meet, young or old, you're going to influence them. Or influence them. You know what it means. You're going to have a positive or a negative influence on the people that you meet. The people that you're rubbing shoulders with day in, day out. Co-workers, family, friends, neighbors across the street. (laughs) Kids? Oh, kids. You are going to influence those youngins. And if we leave a godly legacy, we're going to need to live for God's glory. We need to teach God's way. And we need to confess our sin. And our influence lives beyond the grave. You're going to be long gone. And you're still going to leave an influence. I had a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, email from my, from my son-in-law. Actually, he's my son, uh, Brian, this morning. And he was, at a, he was at a conference, and they had to turn to their neighbor, and the question was asked, who had the biggest influence on you in ministry? And he said, my dad. Now, he says, oh, that's, that's great. Uh, your dad's still right. And, and Brian then went on to say, no, no, my father-in-law. Man, I was thinking he was just driving me nuts and I was on his case about stuff. But even if you don't know it, you're influencing your husband, your wife, your in-laws. John, they don't listen. Yeah, they do. Now, they may not respond (laughs) the way that you're wanting them to respond, but they are listening to you. And friends, when you shed this mortal coil, those kids that you didn't think listened to you will rise up and call you blessed. You've made a difference in their lives. Because you said, Lord... Expand my territory. Make me an influencer. Romans 14, 7 says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. Ephesians 5, 16 says, Making the most of your time because the days are evil. The days, make the most of your time. Time is either 
chronos, which is the ticking of the clock, or kairos, which is a season. Paul isn't talking about the clock. He's talking about a season, a lifetime of making the most of the time. Someone who is caught in a cycle of, of criticism has not learned to forgive and encourage because it's, it's caught in them. They need to encourage because this is what Jesus expects of us. So why not set yourselves free by forgiving and encouraging others? We're all leaving a legacy. You're going to pass on something to your kids, to your grandkids, to those children that come through our doors. You're going to leave something with them in their life. And the question is, what? What are you leaving with them? Proverbs 27 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are the children who follow them. You walk in integrity, and everybody that comes through that door is going to see your lives. And you're making a difference. You're influencing them. You walk with integrity, your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. Why? Because you're influencing them. Your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. We're affecting far more than one family. From in-laws to generations, our standards and obedience to God is passed down. See, the church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men, women, people. Let me close here. We're influencing our family. How's your influence right now? How are you doing influencing your family? Have you just kind of let it go because you don't think they're listening? Are you intentional about your influence? Second, we're influencing our friends. How are you impacting them in their spiritual walk? Well, John, they're pagans. So, that's good. Pagans are good. That's, that's fodder for the Jesus mill. <laughs> Is your life influencing them because of what Christ has done in you and they see Christ in you? And lastly, we're influencing the future. How are you doing sharing and showing God's love? What are you doing about that? You know, you don't have to be a three-piece suit evangelism with all kinds of jewelry on your fingers, talking big words. It's, Jesus loves me. This I know. You want in on it? That's evangelism. No, not interested. Fine, you did your part. But you have influenced that person. So, are you going to be a fence-sitter? One thing that happens to people who sit on a fence, you know what that is? They get splinters in their butt. Or are you going to be an influencer for Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the prayer of Jabez. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that so many years ago, this, this man cried out to you and said, Lord, Expand my borders. Make me a man of influence. And I pray today, Lord, that, that each and every one of us would seek to influence 
our family, our friends, our future for the glory of God. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to be an influencer. That's part of it. You want to be an influencer for Jesus Christ, you've got to belong to Him. Okay, John, fine. Okay. Tell me how. Well, the Bible says, if you call on His name, if you believe, truly believe and place your trust in Him, believe that He has saved you from your sin, and ask Him to come into your life to save you, you will be saved. You'll be saved from a lifetime of uh, uh, an eternity spent in hell. Spent with a life or an eternity of living with Him forever in heaven. Thank you, Lord. And if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, may you speak to their hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. They would ask you to come into their life and save them. I ask this in your son's precious name. Amen.